It's time for Financial Freedom Friday with Matt Terrio. Real estate investing, it's work, especially in the beginning. Working your daily success report on a daily basis, tracking your activities, and keeping score, that's what the work looks like. So now you know, now you've got clarity around that. And if you aren't willing to take that on, if you're not willing to work for it, this business is not going to work for you. And you might, might as well just stop watching right now and just go find something else to do. Seriously, I'm not gonna blow smoke up your ass and promise you a fantasy that happens all by itself. There are plenty of people out there that will already do that for you. You don't need another one. We don't need any more of those. Here, let me show you the results of this type of work. You see this right here, this is something that we post every Friday in our private Facebook group. And we call Fridays, Follow Through Friday. We call it that because most people don't. So this is Follow Through Friday and this is where the community posts their wins for the week. Some are big, some are small, but a win is a win. And it's small wins that really count because they stack upon each other and they build momentum, they compound. And you get the, a bunch of those small wins and all of a sudden you got, they're, they're creating big wins. And that's what the Daily Success Report is really modeled after. Small wins that compound into big success. All right, so you've probably noticed and you may be wondering why I'm sitting in front of this, this pile of poker chips. Oops. <laughs> and what does this have to do with your real estate investing? I'm gonna show you how they relate to your growth when you start implementing the strategies that I've been showing and will be showing you. I'm gonna show you that in a second, okay? Then I'll clean up my mess here real quick. All right, it's late. I don't wanna start over. So you're just getting the real deal. All right, so for the last piece of instruction in this series, I'm gonna pick up from creative offers, seller financing and the money problem that frequently gets created. And I'm gonna show you how to solve it, all right? So after reading all of the comments below, reading all of your emails, um, after seeing everything from these video sessions over the last few days, it seems like this lesson right now couldn't have come soon enough, all right? So let's talk about everybody's favorite subject, seemingly money. And to keep it simple and efficient, so we don't have to start from scratch, let's just use the, the basic foundation of Nathan's deal from yesterday. And uh, you know, Nathan showed us his recent deal where he got the seller to carry back financing. The basic terms of Nathan's deal were, were $9,000 down and $500 in principal only monthly payments. And the property would rent for $1,200 a month or so. It was right in there, right? So he didn't say the amount that he paid for the property, but the property is in Spokane, Washington. I did a little bit of research and the median sales price there is 190,000. And Nathan said he paid pretty close to full price for it. And then uh, based off of Nathan's training uh, inside of the Epic Pro Academy, that would make sense given that his $9,000 down payment was probably 5% of the purchase price. So that would put the purchase price right at 180 grand. Anyway, I just, kind of reverse engineered that. The price, uh, the purchase price doesn't really matter too much for what I'm about to show you, but um, let's just put it there for information's sake, all right? So Nathan, as I showed yesterday, uh, with these principal only payments, is going to experience a 96% cash on cash return from this property as a landlord. And let's say that this is his fourth or his fifth deal of the month like that. 
because that can happen when using the three option letter of intent as a prospecting tool. And you know, here comes the money problem that I mentioned that can get created. You got three or four of these things and you know, what if Nathan didn't have the $9,000 to put down? And for those of you that were commenting below about money challenges, this could be your first deal and you don't have the $9,000 to put down. So what are you gonna do? Are you just gonna not do the deal? You know, Nathan, he paid almost full price for this property. So wholesaling it or fixing and flipping it, they're, they're, those aren't realistic possibilities. There's no equity. And so should you just walk away since you don't have nine grand? No. I mean, it's a 96% cash on cash return, right? You can't walk away from something like that. So what do you do? Where do you get the money to make this happen? Where do you get the money to put this all together? This lack of a $9,000 down payment is not a money problem. It's an idea problem. So let's look at some different ideas for finding $9,000, okay? So the first one, the first thing that comes to mind, it's always where I look first, is the seller, right? Would they be willing to finance the nine grand down under, say, different terms? You know, like, like would they be able to, they already given them seller financing on the first, would they be able to do seller financing on a second, a second loan? Perhaps something much shorter, like, you know, give you six to 12 months to pay off the nine grand. And, you know, if they agreed to that, I don't know, ask for more. Ask for maybe a, a three month moratorium on the payments, giving you three months of no payments to find the money. Or give you some time to close other deals and pay with the proceeds from there, right? So different ways that you can structure that. Now, if the, uh, the, uh, the seller wouldn't do that, it's only nine grand. Do, do you have anything of value that you could sell? You could always buy it back later, right? Do you have a jet ski or a motorcycle that you hardly use? Is it off season and you could buy it back during season? You know, these are just some ideas. Some are gonna fit, some won't, okay? Just try them on like a new coat. And if it, look in the mirror, if it feels good, keep it. If it doesn't look good, put it back on the rack, try something else. That's what I'm talking about. How about a credit card? Maybe you could uh, finance it yourself, right? Do you have a stock that's underperforming that you could liquidate? Do you have a 401k at your job you could borrow from? Do you have an old 401k from a previous job? Any gold or silver laying around? any cash value life insurance, any other real estate that you could refinance or sell. I mean, even your primary residence, could you pull some money out of that? We're talking a 96% cash on cash return here. How much is your money earning in those other places that we just discussed? I mean, even if you had to pay a penalty on anything like your 401k, 96% ROI makes up penalty payments pretty darn quickly. And although we're talking about just $9,000, Understand that the amount of money, that's not the issue. I mean, if it were $90,000 that you were short, all of these ideas that I mentioned thus far would still be feasible or any combination thereof. All right, so those are some ideas. Let's say, let's just say none of those work. We have to cross all of that, none of those work. So you have to look elsewhere and that's fine. You're holding the ace, you know that, right? Yeah, you're holding the ace and you don't even realize it. Here's the ace that you've got in your, in your hand. You, you've got a deal under contract, a deal that will produce a 96% return. This is where the, the big idea is that will solve your money problem. Who do you know that would give you nine grand for half of that return, 48%? Everybody, right? 
Who do you know that would give you nine grand for half of that return? It's 24%. Still, just about anybody and everybody, wouldn't they? Yeah. And who do you know that would give you nine grand for half of that return at 12%? Just about anybody. But if you don't know anybody that would give you $9,000 at a 12% return secured by real estate in this economy, then money might not be the big weakness that you thought it was. Perhaps it's your credibility or your network. And, and there's nothing wrong with that, by the way. That doesn't make you good or bad. There's nothing right or wrong here. All it says is you don't know enough people that know you as a competent real estate investor, of which maybe credibility isn't your biggest weakness now. Perhaps it's your knowledge and the action that you take based on that knowledge. Maybe that's the big weakness. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just walking you through here a, a thought process here. And, and I hope there's a conclusion that you know, you're starting to draw here. That conclusion being, it's much easier to find the money when you find the deal first. You see, it's knowledge and action that's gonna find your deal. It's your deal that's gonna establish your credibility. And it's your credibility that's gonna attract all the money that you'll ever need. Where can an average person find even a 6% return these days? Let alone a 12%. You know, finding the deal, that's where the money's at in this business. Focus on finding the deal. Focus all of your energy and efforts on finding the deal and the money's gonna find you. Promise, swear, <laughs> I guarantee it. In fact, you know what? You've got no right using anyone's money until you have found a deal and have secured it under contract. And having said that, if money is not a current challenge for you, meaning you have some, I want you to go bury it in the backyard for the next 89 days. That's right, I'm not gonna let you use your money either. And here's why. You see, when people have money, when you have money to spend, guess what people do? They spend it. And guess what, when they don't have money to spend, what do they do? Yeah, they find better deals. You see, you just don't need a lot of money to be successful in real estate. You don't, so let it go, all right? You found the money. Someone in your network gave it to you, okay? Could have been a family member, or a coworker, a friend, a friend of a friend, an associate, I don't know, or the retirement account of any of the above there. All very realistic ideas, not fantasy land by any, by any stretch, not even close. All very realistic ideas when, when you find the deal first, okay? Now, the, the terms on that $9,000, say, is 7% for five years. So you use that to, to pay the down payment, and now the property, it's yours. But now you got a new problem. You're gonna need some more money, right? Because now you're a landlord. What if the tenant moves out tomorrow? What are you gonna do then? Or, or what if something on the property breaks? How are you gonna repair it? You know, that's your responsibility now. You're the owner of the property. Where do we get the money for those things? Again, not a money problem, just an idea problem, no big deal. Try this idea on. Rather than renting the property at $1,200 to $1,300 a month that Nathan said it would rent for, what if we sold it? But how? There's no equity, right? We already went down that path. Nathan, he paid retail for this property. Here's how. 
How difficult would it be to find a tenant that would be willing to buy this house if the payment were close to the same it would cost for them to rent it? Most people would, would opt for that. If it's cost the same to rent and they could own instead, most people would go for that. So how difficult would it be to find that person? Not difficult at all. There are plenty of people with poor credit scores that can't qualify for a conventional loan and, and they would rather own than rent if they could. So let's offer a loan to the buyer, our own seller financing. We become the bank. So let's sell for top dollar. We're going to sell for 190 grand. We're going to ask for a 10% down payment. So we're going to put $19,000 in our pocket and then we're going to carry the balance of $171,000 at 9% amortized over 30 years. That would create a monthly payment for the buyer of $1,376. Pretty darn close to what it would cost for that buyer to rent. That's what's in it for the buyer. But let's look at what's in it for you. You see, you just put $19,000 in your pocket, right? The down payment the, that the buyer gave you. And you're collecting $1,376 each month from the buyer for rent or for their mortgage payment. And after you make your payment of $178 for the money that you borrowed for the down payment and the payment of $500 to the original seller, you're left with $698 of monthly cash flow. And what's more, you are no longer a landlord. If anything breaks in the property, it's the new owner's responsibility, not yours. And, and since you borrowed the, the $9,000, you have zero money in the deal now, don't you? Right. So what does that do to your cash on cash return? If you have no money in the deal, this actually, it can't be calculated. It turns your original 96% cash on cash return into an infinite one. You just, boom, you created money out of thin air. See, not a money problem, an idea problem. And, and how long would it take for you to escape the rat race with a new set of ideas like that. You know, speaking of ideas, what's the big idea here with this stack of poker chips in front of me, right? Well, it has to do with how people play poker based on the stack of their chips. Meaning, if you have one player with this big stack of chips and another player over here with this small stack, how do they differ in the way that they um, the way that they approach the game. How is it different? Well, you see, the, the big stack person is bold with their actions, right? They're, they're less concerned, not terribly attached to the result, as, as they know a loss is not the end of the world. There, there'll be more hands to play. Now, the small stack person, they play extremely cautiously. They, it plays a much smaller game if, if they can even find the courage to continue playing. For the fear of losing, it has them paralyzed. But here's the thing. They're both playing the exact same game with the exact same rules. It's the exact same objective, the exact same odds and risks. It's on a level poker table even. Real estate investing works just like that. Actually, your life works like that. You know, with, with each chip here representing little pieces of confidence. It's the amount of chips that you have that determines how you play in life. Just like poker. For example, back in sessions one and two, by taking your three-year vision, breaking its achievement down to a 12-month goal, and then we broke that down into 90-day projects, 
And then we broke it down into two-week sprints, you know, like, like we did that in session two, remember? And, and then, then we broke it down even further to small daily activities using the daily success report. You're creating small wins for yourself, with each win being one of these little poker chips. Contrary to what you've been told most of our lives, what we've all been told most of our lives, it's, it's thinking small that actually produces these big results. Thinking small produces the big results. Here, look at this. This is the, uh, the success cycle. And it begins right there at the top with confidence. Confidence produces actions, actions produces results, and then uh, results produce success, and success produces more confidence. And around you go, each time adding a new poker chip to your pile. Now conversely, the same is true here. No confidence equals no action. No action, no results. No results, no success, no success, no confidence. You see, the success cycle works both ways and there is no in-between. You're either on it or you're not. So if you're just getting started or getting restarted, how do you hop on the success cycle? Like where do you fit in? Where, where do you get in first? Where does that initial confidence come from that causes the action, right? Well, it's very simple. It begins with education and training. Education and training is what produces that initial little poker chip of confidence that empowers that first action. You know, if you're not on the success cycle, education, that's how you get on it. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.